Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit. How's everybody doing? We're good. It's a it's a Wait, hold on. Saturday. Let's let's introduce ourselves because we never do this for new listeners. Hi, I'm Derek Owusu. <laughs> I'm Alex Reeds. And I'm the one that always gets interrupted. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Um. Yeah, I'm Ray. Hi. How are you doing? Just Ray. Just no. Ray. Don't be adding no. Just Ray. Full stop. D- Ray. Ray, full stop. <laughs> They're not going to say just Ray, are they? Just That's Ray. What I'm I don't want them to. I don't oh. know, man. I don't know. You could be like, Ray. I feel like, I feel like you need to make it like, stand up. Stand up. Just Ray for like a pimp named Slickback, you say, it's just Ray for. And it was Ray for. compare it to a pimp named Slickback. That's what you should do. A pimp named Slickback. Wow. But yeah, no, hi guys. Welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit, bringing you. You know, the weekly culture talk on books and the like. How's everybody's week's been? How's everything going with you guys? All right, mate. To be honest, it's been all right, yeah. Um, <laughs> you sound like Mo the Comedian. <laughs> all right, mate. What have I been doing? I've been just work, you know. Yeah. Yeah, work's been actually mental. Like, I probably can't even talk about what's happened, but <sighs> some crazy, crazy stuff. Mm. Mm. Um, But, yeah. Go on, cool. What about you, Ray? Um, I've had, like... A normal week. I'm really nervous because like, I've got something that I'm doing tomorrow. Mm. Um, I'm actually quite nervous about, so I'm just like oh, on edge. Can you talk about it? Oh, it's just stylist life. Oh, it's just stylist life. Yeah. So Ray's hosting. I'm so nervous. Hosting though, a like, panel on stylist life. I haven't been able to like sit down and just like. What are you scared about? You so you would have you would have hosted it by the time this comes out. Yeah, yeah. So like. That'll so. be fun. Like it's so weird because I'm gonna have a great evening. Just like during the day, I'm just a bit like oh, crap. Mm. Um, but yeah, so. My week has been okay. I've just been working. Mm. Work's been dead. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I'm trying to read, but it's so, I'm having my winter blues. Your winter blues? Yeah, it's coming on. It's you, coming. You so. seem really humble this morning. What's happened? As in the essay, You seem really like chilled. Yeah, just like relaxed. Really? I'm not sure. I like this rate. I, I like don't know, man. Someone needs to rattle her. 
<laughs> no, we're not. Don't worry, doing I'm coming. That. I'm coming. Come on, Derek. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're doing. You're not on job today. <laughs> Derek's not on job. Today. Like he's there. I'm like, what's what's going on? Mellow, mellow. <laughs> All right, nah, man. It's been. It has been a hectic week. Oh, and week. guys, Derek and I are not married. Oh like, God, for now. The the what happened? The, the bookseller. Oh yeah, we want to say. But first, I want to say thank you to the oh. bookseller. Thank oh. you to the bookseller to for the putting bookseller. us on there. We're going to be at Future Book Conference, first of December. Um, but yeah. Fun. When it was, when it was people described. were asking me, people were being like, you know, why didn't they write your full name? I'm like, no, like I told them I just want what, Ray. Ray, yeah. So, but this is what I'm saying. That's why I said just Ray, yeah. Because so then, they were like, oh, you know, the other boys got their name. So like, I, I, I was really worried. Like, why did they do that to you? And I'm like, no, like. They, people really think you're a victim on this show, don't they? <laughs> I am. They absolutely have no idea. I am. <laughs> I'm an actual victim. Ray's guy. wielding the sword, guys. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> exactly. Don't get it twisted. But no, like, no, that was funny, though. That was funny. Everyone's okay. like, oh, my God, it looks like you guys are married. I was thinking, you guys like, are no, proper like, reading just... into this. People bit. are mad, you know. They are, they are. What's everyone yeah. reading, though? I'm, um, what am I reading? I'm reading a play. What play? By Kwesi Kruamar. Is that how you say it? Kruamar? Kwesi Kruamar. Anyway, I'm reading a play called Fix Up. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of it? Yep. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty good. Um, Kwesi is Kwesi. Kwesi. Mm. Kwesi or Kwesi? Kwesi. Kwesi. Um, yeah, it's really good. I mean, it was debuted at the National Theatre um, just over 10 years ago. And it's um, set in a bookshop. Um, I think it's something like, similar to like New Beacon books, the bookshop. Mm. And it's kind of, um, you know, it's like a, a discussion on black history, black British history and, the, and modern Britain. And it's actually pretty good so far. The characters are really funny. It's really well written. Yeah. Um, really enjoying it. Jamaican, um, right? The playwright. Jamaican. He's not Jamaican. No, I think he's Grenadian. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's only and he's just become the artistic director of the Young Vic. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I'm sure I watched a TED talk by him, and he was talking about the fact he changed his name to a Ghanaian yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same guy. Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, him. Okay. He was good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Um, he's been in the. He's been in America for a while. So then he's coming back yeah. to the UK to do the Young Vic stuff. I, I don't know whether he's, he might be coming back. It's like Gary. Gary Young's moved to America as well, isn't it? Gary Young, yeah, I think he's doing he's doing quite a few documentaries out there oh, on race as well. Yeah. So who knows, man? I think he's. I saw some clips and he's like interviewing the alt right um, leader. Oh stuff. yeah, I saw that clip. Um, I wouldn't do it personally, but you know, whatever you do for the culture, mm. go for it. I go don't for know, it, man. I don't know about giving us some people a platform to. This speak. is what I'm saying because he even said he said something like he wouldn't usually, as a journalist, he wouldn't usually give these people platforms but and then I kind of tuned out after that because I didn't really want to hear what happened next yeah. but um it's yeah like what Oprah said on her have I mentioned this before you know Oprah said oh don't come for Oprah though I'm not coming for her but <laughs> she was basically like she was interviewing some white supremacists the KKK the KKK and yeah. then she saw there was someone in the audience who said something like get her Jim <laughs> something <laughs> like that and then she was just like in that moment she realised I'm literally giving these people a platform to chat their shit. Yeah. And she said after that, she basically said she's never going to do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? She went in there. She went down. She went, I'm sure she went into like some camps as well. Oprah? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure she did that. I oh, thought I don't get down like that. I thought that's what she did. But before, man, before Oprah was out here, dropping everything, causing noise there. But yeah, like, um, I'm sure Oprah, I thought she said that she went into the camp or something. And no, she said she it's one of the riskiest the things she's done. But okay. Okay. Cool. What are you guys reading? Um, I'm reading Esky Boy. Esky Boy, yeah. By Wiley. Okay. Um, don't want to talk too much about it, but 
yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. It's really it's nostalgic. Why don't you want to talk too much about it? Uh, just because I don't know. It's just it's wily, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Why? I don't know. Huh? Why? I don't know. It, never mind. But what why do you want to talk too much about Wiley? Is it? Well, I just don't want to talk about the book too much. Why? I'd rather just people read it for themselves. Why? Is this, you, what do you mean? Did why? you like it or did you not? Did you not like it? Not like no, it? I, that's what I'm trying to explain. Oh, if you let okay. me speak. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't understand. Um, yeah, it's very, on. it's very nostalgic, and it made me realize that I'm so grateful to have lived through the grime era, mm. to have grown up with it, and because it's something special. It's literally a scene. Mm. I've lived through a scene, a music, a new genre being created. Yeah. So when he's talking about when he obviously this tune and that tune and spitting with this person that person and when this happened that happened I was just like wow it's, it's crazy and one of the strangest things as well was that when the grime scene was building the personal lives of all of these MCs and whatnot you knew about it like there was just gossip within the scene so you knew about certain things so when he's writing about oh this happened with Dizzy Rascal and Aya Napa I knew about that 15 like how many years ago mm. but a lot of people reading it would be like wow but I'm just oh, like this happened yeah yeah and I'm thinking I've, I thought to myself how the hell do I know this mm. how do I know that this happened how do I know that Wiley did that or he did this do you know what I mean like it's, there's, it's strange there's a lot of secrets secrets in the scene mm. that everybody who grew up with it already knows about but um so yeah that's that's really good and you know he's, he's done a lot for the grime scene mm. Um, he obviously he says that he created the gram scene. I don't, know, I don't know about that, but he did obviously cultivate and he was about the scene rather mm, than just mm, himself mm. and individuals and whatnot. So it's a really really good read. Um, I don't think he wrote it. It's it feels like it's, he was interviewed and then someone transcribed uh, it. I'll put it, it out. There. Okay. Because there's a lot of people like his dad's in there, his sisters in there, Flo Dan's in there. It's one of the people that kind of influenced him and kind of is a part of him. Yeah, like a lot of people who know him well, they they speak is. on him. And he's very mercurial. He's very... It's strange because when he's talking about how impulsive he is with things mm. and how in the moment, I'm just thinking, this guy is... I'm very like that as well. Mm-hmm. In the moment, or I'll forget something, or I'll say yes, and then next minute I don't want to do it anymore. Mm. He's like that. He's very, very much like that. But uh, but yeah, no. It's, so it's, it's a decent read. After that, I'm going to be reading Know Your Place, the working class anthology. I'm actually going to buy it straight after this. Where's... You you never heard about it? Yeah, so so I an- have heard. Yeah, anthology. It's got the um British flag. Is it the one with the British flag? No, that's not a British flag. It's, it's no. something else on it. Also, it's I'm thinking of um British. You're thinking of British, British yeah. Uh. Now this is an anthology of working class writers and whatnot. I saw it in foils. I've seen it on Twitter. Is Kit is Kit Duval in that? Yes. Uh, I think I, I think I have seen that somewhere. Yeah, I'm gonna go get it after this actually. Okay. And read it. Um, but yeah, that's that's me. Right, Where are you, Ray? Cool. Um, I'm still reading the, um, the Book of Dust. Yeah. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, I need to pick um, that up again. It's very slow. I'm just enjoying it because I'm in the world. Yeah. You so, actually, so you're enjoying it? Yeah. Okay, good. You're enjoying like, it, but it's slow. It's very slow that I'm just like, oh, come on, like something is looming. Just get to it. Yeah. Get to the plot. Right he, now, there isn't much. He's world building at the moment. Yeah, but <laughs> he is a brilliant writer and I think he really understands how to balance adult fiction and children's fiction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so sometimes he'll have like a really witty joke that i'm like i don't know if, if i was 13 i'd get this but it's very mature for it's mature reading for mm-hmm. um a child anyway and i think it's he, he strikes a really great balance um otherwise that's all i'm reading i've been kind of on and off i'm kind of having the the reading blues at the moment okay okay so interesting yeah yeah, we'll see. Mm, okay, cool. 
because it's getting darker earlier. It's getting darker. <laughs> <laughs> the clocks went back and everything's just taking Clarks, can I just say, uh, we just need a bit more vim. But I'm like, noticing that everybody's a bit. I'm good. I'm actually <laughs> you know good. I mean? I'm just like I'm just gonna race sipping her coffee, and she's like, "You bring the vim." I'm just looking at race sipping her coffee, like exactly. But now, yeah, I mean, obviously. Anyway, when we get into this discussion, it is what it is. Yeah. So, guys, rolling into the tête-à-tête then. Oh, so this yeah. is what basically what we talk about, what's happened this week, anything that stood out to us, and um, we kind of picked up on Vogue UK and Grazia UK. So, Ray, what do you think about Vogue UK, which happened this week? I mean, this um, so Edward Enninfall, mm-hmm. he um, obviously this is his first, uh, the first Vogue publication where he's been like he's his first one. Basically, he kind of entitled it mm-hmm. New Vogue. It has I bought it and I've read it, and it has it's a real good like it's like diversity fest. You know, it really. Um, seeks to celebrate British culture, mm. you know, from all work, works of life. And it feels like a Vogue that I can read. Do you know what I mean? Before I think with other Vogue uh, publications, um, it's always been something that a white woman would mm. read. But this, I, I really liked this one because it really sought to celebrate oh, British culture, right, which okay. is so weird because... I always read magazines looking for some American influence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, was it? It wasn't just black women in there, was it? It was no, all black no, men. It was no. just. It was a mix. It was but just the a front mix cover of was people. a black woman. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, British culture. Yeah, it just whatever it was celebrating British culture, whatever that is. Yeah. And it was very diverse, and 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 I don't know. I just felt like, oh wow, like this is mm. quite cool. Mm. It's um, funny that you say it was diverse because, like I was saying, um, I saw somebody quote tweet it. And she was really going in on in full, basically saying how how can you say that this is a diverse list I of thought people it was diverse. when there's no um, um, Asian women mentioned, or I think that's what it was. Is oh. and she was really going in on him. Um, so, I thought that was interesting. That's interesting. It's probably who who. Go on, <laughs> it's probably who Ray wants to speak. Is it every day <laughs> that? it's just it's just coming to me because i'm just like you know there were a few black people there you know mm. and and all of a sudden is it another mia let's pick hold Ooh, you know MIA. let's pick hold because a black man has done something and mm. i feel left out yeah and yeah. i don't know whether you huh, read and i'm not saying this is like you know what's a essence magazine like this is what I'm saying. Do you know what it's I mean? Like, but fucking hell, mate. It's like just overall representation <laughs> is like is not there. So mm. to actually see this as like the first black the first black person to be editor in chief of the of Vogue UK, yeah, like and actually just start celebrating. He's gone into. You know what? If you weren't represented in it, you have the right to voice that. Good on you. You know. <laughs> be the change you want to see in the world. I'm joking. No, but be the change you it's just, it's make another of, Vogue. No, no don't, don't. It's one of them ones. But like, I feel if you look across the cultures as well, it's like you know, if you look across Black culture in particular, I mean, you know, sorry, Zayn Malik was in there. Zayn no, Malik, uh, Zayn Malik uh, was in there. You know, not a no, but she said there's no Asian, Asian women. woman. Mm, I don't know. All right, you know what? Her 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 opinion is valid. It is valid, definitely. It's like I don't know say, how I don't know, know how that one could. Black woman i get it I it's not it. like you saying that but at all Rainey, it's not it. but i'm just like 
I don't even know how to say it. Hey, this is mostly lip, yeah. man. It's just... We need to say things with our chest out. <laughs> you know I'm saying it with my chest. I'm not unimpressed. Yeah. That's it. I'm yeah. unimpressed. Okay. Because for me, anyway, I see this black man and I saw a variety of black women in there, be it on the cover, be it like just... Uh, you know like Jordan Dunn like honestly I read something Jordan Dunn mentioned like oh you know this is where I go to have like this food bruv I got on my phone and I booked and I'm going there tonight you know what I mean <laughs> you are so mad and I was just she's like she's a consumer I'm, I'm such a damn consumer wow. honestly where is it though what and is it oh, wait, I mean, it's do, in Petrovia it's um, an Indian tapas restaurant oh wow um, yeah like I looked at it and I was like yep yeah, I love my curries so oh nice. Nice, nice Um, but like it's those kind of things and for, like I felt I, f- I like I liked this issue yeah. and I especially loved his editor's letter he wrote about um you know his immigrant Ghanaian mother coming here and how the first time he he was told that he was going to be editor that's that's the first thing that he thought of his you know his Ghanaian mother who sadly passed away and mm. how he'd be really proud of him because she was a, a seamstress and she loved fashion wow, and now yeah. you're gonna be like yeah and this is what i'm saying like you know alexandra shulman who like was his predecessor and she's 57 now yeah and she's been the editor of vogue for what how long 25 years in the uk 25 to 30 years whatever and he's 45 and he's just getting into it so it's that level of how long it takes for a person of color to even get to a stage where they can actually say that all right they can start making um, active change in certain industries and that start making the decisions. Yeah. She wrote this article, no, she never wrote this article, she was interviewed in this article this week on The Guardian and um, she was talking about how, you know, she was uh, proud of like the, the people that she hired. She wasn't looking at race, she wasn't looking at um, gender, she wasn't looking at all this stuff and they were all excellent people and it's like she didn't want to be looked at, you know, it's just this posh group of people um, working in Vogue but then you're thinking to yourself she like but didn't. they're all but they were all white she didn't look at race right they were all white and then she was saying oh Naomi Campbell shouldn't be, shouldn't be saying and it's a vendetta against Edward or whatever because it's because um, she because what Naomi was on the Vogue cover more times than any other black model but she's the only black she was the only black model she what picked what does that mean her yeah, and Kate Moss her and Kate Moss were the only ones that were like photographed mostly on the covers of Vogue while she was editor in chief so she's kind of you know when someone's just showing their ass like mm. showing their background it's just nah but yeah congratulations to Edward yeah you know, congratulations can I write he's, please I really want to write a piece he's of doing well he's doing yeah. well but there's a con- there, there is a concern though that it's just going to end up being a lot of influencers writing for the magazine rather than yeah. actual fashion journalists yeah I see that because obviously so, we have Zadie Smith um, who else was writing even um, Naomi Naomi Campbell's contributing editor contributing, now it's and like, sure is Gwendolyn Christie yeah but Zadie Smith isn't an influencer she's an author yeah but she's, she's not she's an influential author yeah exactly so. she's not a fashion but not influencer magazine. in the way that you guys are no I'm not talking term. about an Instagram model influencer <laughs> you know what I mean I'm talking mm. about generally they're not a mm. you know a fashion journalist mm. but they're influential people so yeah. it is kind of seeming like when I read that I was like, I was like what's Gwendolyn Christie doing here like, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know People, but people are be even saying that, oh, if Edward Anyfall really wanted to shake the table, he would have put a dark-skinned woman on the front cover. Or, like, I know one person was basically saying how when when you look past the maybe five black faces that Anyfall is really putting forward for Vogue, everybody else is white. It's just everybody else is white. Mm. So it's not really as diverse as you think No, it is. but the thing is, but what he's doing is, though, when he, come, he comes in as editor-in-chief, mm-hmm. he sacks 
like the people that have been there for ages and reintroduces like black women in in positions that we'll are see. in charge that are in charge like the publishers black the like certain like commissioners are black so they so they're in they're in positions of power where they can choose and make decisions we'll it's his first edition so we'll see what happens as he goes even like the makeup artist, i think pat and he's even done the um the pirelli calendar which is alice in wonderland with like with loads of black with I even all black cast so. we shall adverts see were yeah. quite like they had a few black faces yeah so we'll see what he does we'll, we'll see, see what, what he does, does. all right and moving on to grazia Oh, um, they cut off. They cut off her hair. They cut off like a Lupita Nyong'o was. Um, what did? What? How do you Lupita say? Lupita Nyong'o. How do you say? It? <laughs> how do you say it, man? How do you? I'd say Nyong'o. Okay, Lupita cool. Nyong'o. Lupita. Sorry, okay. Miss Swahili. Wow. <laughs> they came for me with the pronunciation. Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o. Anyway, Lupita was on the front of Grazia UK, and on first glances, you'll look at her and think she hasn't got. She had her hair cut. As she, as you've seen her before, mm. and then she actually posted on Twitter and Instagram like I actually had a ponytail and my face was airbrushed, and it wasn't none of it was like any you know, editorial discussion was made of her. And but it just goes to up. the discussion that like obviously you know for for the for the world to accept a black woman she has you know she, those dark skinned women that have body oils rubbed all over mm. them and they have like oranges and like a fruit on their <laughs> fucking head or something do you know what i mean it's that exotic exactly the, and the fetishization you can't be looking rough rough yeah but yeah so they airbrushed her face and then they sent out an apology but yeah these magazines they're not learning even after what happened with solange it's like they just there was no editorial like photographer photography editor like would you not have seen that in other it magazines in the uk <laughs> you know what i mean Oh, but yeah, that's it. That's yeah. there for the Tetra. We move on, yeah. please. Their magazine chat. I'm tired. It's your gem. If, 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 it's your gem. It's... So talk then. Huh? It's your gem. Talk then. What's my gem? Oh, my gem. <laughs> <All right>. so... <laughs> you know, if it stops. You're like a little. Gem, no, wait, no. You're like a little kid. I don't want a gem. No, I'm just saying. We just I don't want to talk about this. Let's talk about what I like instead. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Spot on, mate. We're moving on to Derek's gem. <laughs> Come on. Right, so my gem <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> The Post Office by Charles Bukowski. Um, great book. Very, very, very funny. The first book I read by Bukowski was introduced to me by my boss at when I used to work at Waterstones. He was just like, oh, this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so actually, no, he gave me two books. He gave me Bukowski or Jack Kerouac on the road. I chose Bukowski, thank God, because um, I hate Jack Kerouac. And then... Um, yeah, Reddy was very interesting. The writing is bad. Obviously, I've spoken about Bukowski as well. The writing's bad. He knows he's a bad writer. Is he the one that was like, had loads of punu- uh, punctuation mistakes? Yeah, and yeah. And he wrote it in. drunk and stuff. Yeah, he was an alcoholic. Um, he was an arsehole. He was a dickhead, to be honest. I'm not going to act like he was a nice guy. He was a cunt and a misogynist. Uh, uh, misogynist, whatever. But um, The Post Office is a good book. It's very mm. interesting. What's um, it about? It's about him working in the post office. Is that it? Yeah, I'm it's not, not really a compelling story. It's interesting though. It's it's funny, man. It's good. It's, it's is it about him working in a post office, yeah. or is it about just a character? It's about working? him working in a post office. He's got a book called Factotum, which is basically him just going in and out of jobs. He's got a job called Women, which is just about him going, excuse me, in and out of women. <laughs> There's, <laughs> you know, Ham on Rye as well. Is so wait, good. He sounds like quite a narcissist. Bukowski. Yeah. I love those. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess so. He's very self-aware, though, for an alcoholic, to be honest. Because to to, to write loads of books about yourself that aren't autobiograph- autobiographical. They are autobiographical. 
I thought he's oh okay. So it's not just general fiction. It is fiction, but he's fictionalized himself. So he, Charles Bukowski, the person's name in the book is um Henry Chinaski, I, I believe. Um okay. so he's fictionalized his life, but it is his life. Do you know mm. what I mean? But it's good. I mean, if you've ever watched Californication is it like Bojack, <laughs> is that Bojack Horseman? No, Californication. But like, isn't that the same? Isn't that, a lot? Someone said that Bojack Horseman is kind of similar to what Californication. I've never was. watched Bojack Horseman. You know what? No, but Californication <laughs> is about an author who's struggling, and then he's sleeping with those women. So it's Bojack Horseman been... about an actor who's struggling and sleeping with those. Oh women. right, okay. Well, I heard that Californication is based off of that. Charles Bukowski. His name is I can't remember his name. I'm so angry. I know his name's Henry anyway. Oh, Hank, Hank, Hank Moody. That's it. Okay. Fuck it, Hank Moody. He's Wait, Hank Moody is what he's called in the... His name's Hank Moody in Californication. Okay, and in the book he's called... Henry. Henry. Or Hank as well. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry, I'm going off. But yeah, so that's my gem for today. The Post Office by Charles Bukowski. Mm. Okay, cool. Moving on. Lovely. Moving on. So, so, so this week, the... so this week, yeah, the main topic, we... Um, well, I looked at this wanted to look at this book one of um one of my, one of my favorite books uh the prophet by khalil gibran and is it is it kh yeah khalil so it's khalil Rush, sorry miss muslimic you know he's coming first, first of all it's miss east africa and now it's miss all right what's it how do you say it khalil my little cousin's called khalil. k-a-h k-a-h K oh K A H K A H oh that's Khalil then. Khalil I thought it was K H that's Khalil so when it's K H what is it it's, it's, it's a K K yeah okay I don't know what you're doing but yeah oh right, cool <laughs> so Khalil so Khalil Gibran um so he wrote this what they call his magnum opus was the um was the prophet and there were several chapters in there that go on talking about um this prophet talking to village villagers or people in the town about various aspects of life it's very much like that um, spoke Zarathustra yeah yeah and so this prophet comes to this town and he's spoken and he's speaking to them and people ask him about you know what do you think about love what do you think about marriage and stuff so I wanted to Brian, bring it to the group and mm-hmm. see what everybody thought about certain topics within there um, we're going to look at um, aspects of the book such as love marriage friendship that was my least favorite one religion good and evil I beauty, liked. pleasure and death oh. um but like he's got loads of different yeah. he's got loads of different things in there so obviously if you whatever you guys have read cool. talk to me first of all for those who've read it <clears throat> who what do you guys think <laughs> about the book <laughs> um it's a whole lot of waffle yeah but there are, he has like some nice quotables mm-hmm. um but i feel like he's trying to be what I like to call a bad philosopher. Right. Okay. And he, like, I feel like bad philosophers, they get these questions and then they ask more questions about the questions. And in the end, they say, don't really have an answer. And I'm like, you're wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much about getting that answer, right? Yeah. So, my least favorite, so I read love mm-hmm. i read marriage i read children and i read um reason and passion okay he's a bad theologian yeah theologian let's should we start with love let's start with love right um what did you think of love alex so i felt it was it was very poetic it was very like you know flowery um you know he starts it off with like when love beckons to you follow him oh god though his ways are hard and steep 
I was read, I read that on the train and I was like, you know what? But what my, if you don't want to follow yeah. love? My one that, that just got to me and I was like, bloody hell. He goes, um, for even as love crowns you, so shall he crucify you. <laughs> See what I found? And I was like, are yeah. you okay? Like, I got it. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, like love is, you know, not stable. Love can be very painful. But come on. Like, what are you saying? That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, like I don't know whether you've seen any parts of Derek, but when people are talking about love, they tend to rem- they tend to flower it up a lot. I don't know if you've read anything around love itself. I've read many, many things. Yeah. But with 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 Gibran, it was like it's like he just wanted. To, it's like he kind of, as you said, he kind of he said one thing mm. and then counteracted it with another thing in the same sentence. So, as you said, it would end up confusing you. He's trying to be Nietzsche. He yeah. says nothing. He juxtaposes paradoxical viewpoints and his whole sentence becomes nullified. Mm. So it's like, my friend, you just wanted to write. <laughs> this, that's it. You yeah, just wanted to write. You wanted to talk about <laughs> things, about abs- the abstract things. I don't know how, I, I, I think it's- I did like children though. You did like children. Yeah. I didn't read children yet this week, but what is um what do you like about children? So I think what I liked about children was that I think it was the one that was very honest mm-hmm. in terms of he was literally saying your children are not your children. You are sort of I think he did a very good comparison to compare um he said something like you are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. Yeah. So it was very much like looking at kids and parenting as this aspect of, listen, you have children, Mm. but they are the future. So you can't try and influence them that much. You are literally the vessel in which they come into this world and you just need to let them do their thing. And I think it was quite a very good sort of uh, parenting strategy because a lot of parents, it's practical, I think. Whereas love was just... Mm. a whole lot of mess yeah yeah so i think i like that practicality of children yeah what do you think about this this phrase and this quote from children then um he says you may strive to be like them but seek not to make them like you i liked it i I think it just adds on to that whole conversation of you are not the gov like you can bring children into this world you can raise them up but you cannot it's easy for a man to say yeah like it's you can't like live your dreams through them because you need to understand that they are different people and they serve a different purpose Mm. to your own yeah as much as the idea of family can try and limit that Mm. so i like i liked children yeah what do you think about that that quote well i've always been of the opinion that you know um you don't automatically owe your parents anything just because they gave birth to you Mm. I, i do believe that um again you don't have to respect them because they just get because they gave birth to you the same way you or ray would have to earn my respect Mm. my parents have to earn my respect Mm. you know i didn't ask you to give birth to me you gave birth to me and i'm of the opinion that about 90 percent of um births are obviously it's selfish in a way yeah um, raise rolling our eyes and that's fine whatever because, we've had, because, we, have, because we have had this discussion man, so yeah we've had this discussion often about parenting and children yeah, and yeah of course of course of course but I always say to my mum we all have differing yeah. <laughs> perspectives so. of course like I love my mum but then I would I would at the end of the day if she does something to me 
I, she, I, she still has to be held accountable for what she's done. She doesn't get obliged just because she gave birth to me. And this is it. Accountability is a huge thing that I don't think a lot of black yeah. like families tend to take on board. So a lot of these things get carried into other like relationships. Down, don't you agree? Accountability. Yeah. So basically, if for example, if you're like whoever your guardian is, or your parents, uncles, whatever, mm-hmm. aunties, they treat you in a particular way. Right. You can't hold them accountable because it's this level of you're smaller than me. Mm-hmm. You can't hold me accountable to anything. So then you carry that with you, especially when and then when you have children, it's you're bringing that. You're bringing that yeah, baggage I guess so. with you. I mean, you I sometimes I mean? look at people younger than me, like who do you think you're exactly? Like and it's that it's that it's that level of it's that level of um. You know, you need to understand that if you once you hold them accountable and make them aware of what they're doing, it's kind of damaging that pride. But these are generational problems that we don't. I think it's hard because, for example, when you have when you're a child, you look to your parents as these beings who are almost omniscient. You know, they know everything. And then there is a particular point in your adult life or becoming an adult where you realize that your parents make mistakes. It's almost like meeting your teacher outside of school. I always found that just crazy. Like if I saw a teacher outside of school, my whole mind would just be like, well, you know, this is not the environment for you. So you (laughs) you grow up and you the moment you see your your parent (laughs) as just an adult and they are capable of making mistakes that critical point is just wow it's actually a scary it's very scary and i think because a lot of people don't have that point they continue to look onto their parents as these beings who are always right and if you don't have that then that idea of accountability just isn't Mm. there Mm. i think obviously it depends it really really depends like i don't think i've ever looked at adults as they can do no wrong i've always looked at them as they always do wrong Mm. see i haven't like for me I remember when, I like, ask. it was only when an adult disappointed me. That's when I was like, Yeah, I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask you when was that turning point for you guys? Like, what was that when you that stage where you realized that, wait, these guys yeah. are these guys have flaws. I know you said that you probably you don't remember yeah, or I you don't think remember. that you always. I think, had, I think, but what was I think that the process moment, like? The moment I realized, like, I always knew that parents weren't shit. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I think the moment when I realized, raw, I actually hate adults, mm. was when my mum took me out of foster care and didn't tell me she was doing that she took you out she and didn't took tell me you out so I obviously i lived in long melford which is like a village yeah. with a white parent and then my mom came and was like oh come visit me in london i'm like all right cool because i used to go visit her now and then and then when we was on the train she just looked at me she's like you're not going back there you know and this one i thought what i was yeah, like you but- fucking what i'm not going back there <laughs> i remember screaming kicking i was going crazy yeah. and then she just brought me to fucking broadwater farm and was like this is your life now that's when i knew like i would, that i think that's when i was just like i never tr- i never trusted adults or parents anyway mm. that's when i was like i really fucking don't like them as well yeah like they're actually <laughs> trash bro um yeah okay i don't like for me it was at the beginning of uni mm. like just an adult did something that i was just not happy about like personally and so at, it took it just really like shook the sort of plates that the foundation, the foundation yeah. that i had and I, I always feel like when you have that foundation it gives you this confidence and when i was younger and people would come into school and they'd be like oh you know he's they're misbehaving because they have problems at home that to me was this alien thing and i used to be very uppity about it and, and i'd be like what's wrong with you what do you mean like can't you just put that aside and if you know you have this when i was younger i used to be so horrible like, if you know you have problems at home used to be why mm. is it that 
and you know that that's going to affect your work. Mm. You know it. So why would you let it affect you? And do you know what I mean? But when it happened, it was like crap. Mm. Like this shit is real, like deep do you hate and that? intense. Do you hate that you was you were sheltered in that way? I was I, absolutely. Mm. But I think you really need. I personally love, like, if you have a foundation where adults. Um, you look onto adults as these secure things and they gradually wean you out of it without it destroying your life. Whoever does that as a parent is great, okay? But if, you, if, if you're if you not weaned out of it and it just explodes, that's when it can be quite... Mm. Oh, so this yeah. is why... Do you when, know what I mean? This is why one day, I remember once you were tweeting about, oh, you should let your children see your flaws. Like, you should let your kids see you arguing with you each other or was it you saying no that? i said you shouldn't oh you shouldn't, oh, you shouldn't. but then I, 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 I think if, i think we had an argument yeah i that. yeah exactly but i isn't said that contradiction what you're saying now it is but i think when you it's not about that's not how you must show them your flaws you don't have yeah. to be arguing in the house mm. because i've seen how that affects kids mm. how it has affected me yeah. and yeah. i think it's it's horrible you know and i'm not talking squabbles like my like do you know what i mean i've mm. seen squabbles if you real hardcore arguments that you look onto adults and you're like rah do you know what I mean yeah. um, I think with these things like the catcher in the rye that really for me when I was reading it illustrated how these things that we deem as adult values they're a whole lot of shit and adults are phony and they you've come to do phony like <laughs> phony <laughs> they're like they're just they have these things where you know you have adult values and I think as I was getting growing up mm. when i was like maybe even two years ago i was beginning to, to take on these adult values and mm -hmm. thinking i'm oh i'm an adult so i must behave in mm. a certain way and i just realized that it's just it's a scam yeah, <laughs> it's true. stupid it's a scam that's so true. i feel like yeah for me though it was more it was more just finding out that parents don't trust their children at all until they get to I don't know. I don't know when this when the shift happens, but parents don't tend to trust them. For example, if you know that you're telling the truth as a child, and then and you see an adult doing something in particular, and you and you're trying to convince them that you weren't in the wrong, mm. they will never trust you as a child. They will always oh, trust. Oh, were you that kid that was telling the truth? Because I was always, yeah. I always, always told the truth. In trouble, and then they don't always told the you. truth. Always defended myself. Yeah. Always got in trouble. Yeah. For. So for for uh, for adults misdoings. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? I was one Many a time I was there looking up like Yeah. I'm here. I'm a seasoned yeah. liar. Seasoned. Okay. Wow. I tell what? you, I know every line of the book. Let's move on to the next bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the next bit. Um I was gonna say I was gonna mention um okay, just sticking in with that theme of love children, marriage then. Oh yeah, I read, that, read um Khalil Gibran, he has a whole section on marriage. Um Love one another, but make not a bond of love. Let it rather be a moving sea between the shores of your soul. Bollocks, mate. <laughs> I don't know why you got us to read this. <laughs> I reread it because the thing is, when I first read it, I was like, oh, this is interesting because um, I think I read a part of it. No, I heard a part of it in the boondocks. I get it though. And I was like, okay, let me read the let me read the prophets. So I read it. There are parts of it that I really understood. And obviously, mm. rereading it again, I'm like, okay, there are elements that could be criticised. Ma marriage, so, it's very simple. What does that mean? Marriage, when I was reading marriage, it was very much like, Okay, come together, but make don't forget who you are. Don't mm. forget your what your individual thing. And I think a lot of the times, obviously, I'm not married, but I can imagine entering marriage and being like, "Yes, you know, you complete me." You know, as the all the Muslim girls would say, like you know, a Tyler Perry film. Yeah, like the yeah. whole 
the whole like, oh, you know, you were made in pairs and all of that nonsense, right? Stuff like nonsense. That's an ayah in the Quran. I can't call it. The thing is, he says something interesting at the end. He says, "Give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping." So what that is does for me? That's that kind of like I, I get what he's what he's saying, but I think sometimes you just need to be like, "Fuck it." Let, let me just give myself to this person and put my I, your my heart in this other person's hands because at the end of the day that's what the trust is about you need to trust this person to not break your heart mm. but give them the power to do it do so you know what moist. I mean wow how is that moist someone that, really in that is in deep some, what do you mean so you give somebody your heart but then give them entrust them with it so they don't break it say there it is my heart yeah. you, can, you can do anything you want with it but please don't <laughs> you break have it to. like you know have you ever watched Lost yeah, there's. There, I'm there, you know when, ages though, but. you know when he's talking to Jacob. Jacob is literally just there. He's yeah. like, he knows that um, Benjamin's got a knife to kill him, but he's literally just like, I just have to be honest with you, and you're gonna do what you're gonna do. But he's like, I have faith in you. I have faith that you will do the right thing. Mm. Obviously, he doesn't, but that's how you have to be with your partner. You have to trust them enough to give them the power to break you, but believe that they won't. Okay. Have faith that they won't do it. And I think once you can do that, because a lot of people. When you give them that faith, they act in accordance with it. Do you okay. know what I mean? They're like, I know this person trusts me. I cannot break this person's trust. Mm. Of course, men are trash. And more time, they, they do <laughs> that anyway. <laughs> they for now. Yeah, exactly. But I think in an ideal world, that's the way, that's the basis. Yeah. Do you I know what I mean? I read somewhere, Alain de Botton, Botton, sorry, Alain de Botton. He basically said that, does that equate with giving yourself to somebody? No, I don't think so. Or does that, because it's giving your heart, giving your whole self? I don't think it is. I think right? it's giving, giving, yeah. giving a part of you. It's not giving your whole... Look, if someone breaks your heart, yeah, you don't shatter. Yes, but the thing is, some people but do. There's a difference. Some mm. people do give yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. You can give your heart. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right? But if you give everything and you make this person, this, like, your son, do you know what I mean? Like, you are literally orbiting around them. That's when I'm like, Yo, like chill. Yeah, that's I mean? not that's not healthy, probably. Yeah. In this day and age, in an ideal world, it should be healthy because 
I don't even think it should. It's ideal, personally. I don't think that you should be giving somebody your whole self. I think we live for you, other people. No, you are your. Mm, I don't know about that. I Listen, don't think this, so. This age of narcissism will it's pass. It's not. It's not an age of narcissism. Pass, it's. It's self-awareness and being aware of yourself and having a purpose because if your purpose is somebody else, that person will go and then once they do, do you f- do you just go? I'm and not. I'm not saying make to... this person your whole life, but, but you that's can... what I'm saying. Oh, okay, but I'm saying giving yourself to somebody is not making that person your whole life. But that's giving them like your heart. It depends on what you give them because you always because like you're not because if you give somebody something, if you give someone your whole self, your deepest darkest parts of you, the parts of you that you. I don't, because I don't think that you can actually do that. Do you see what I mean? Like, there's parts of you that you're not going to show somebody, so I you can't you can. physically give everything to someone. Because if you give somebody that you claim to love your whole self, your darkest parts of you, I don't think that's love. That is quite. That is selfish. That's not selfish. That what? is selfish because if you're giving somebody your darkest parts, what I just is don't. That? I don't. What is that giving I don't. Your I don't know. Like, there's part, like, there are parts of like you're not. They're not gonna. There's there's things that they're not gonna know everything about you. They're gonna know selected parts about you up until a point based I, based I, upon I and, and then based upon person. based upon a point especially if we're talking about marriage based right. upon the future on which you go together from that point onwards and you're gonna and whatever I, whatever happened before that you're going to tell them parts you're not gonna that, that, you're not gonna tell them everything that's i think we're making a mistake that. i think do you gives, see what i mean when you say you give someone your heart it doesn't mean that you give them you tell them everything about that's just what i was saying like that's what i said before is that, is yeah. that giving your heart the same as giving somebody all of you no i don't think it is i think they're two they're different mm. i think one can overlap into the other but i think if you give somebody your heart it doesn't mean you have to tell them like absolutely everything about you at all at one time if i think it probably means that you know eventually you're going exactly. to tell them everything about yourself. Do you know what I mean? And you mm. can't tell them everything about yourself. I just think of it as like, like you're just giving them your piano. Or, or you would. <laughs> or the thing is, okay, let's say you're willing to. Yeah. You might not there have done because there's some things you'll probably forget, but you're willing to. Like, there's nothing they ask that, that you don't even think about it. You just. Yes, there's still. nothing that I would not give to you. Or there's nothing that I would not tell you if you asked me to tell you. Do you mm. know what I mean? I'm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just trusting you to love me the way I love you. Mm. Do you get me? And I think yeah. that's giving somebody your heart. And obviously everybody says, that's dangerous. You uh, need to come and do this fucking stoicism uh, and all again, that shit. Then again, like, I don't think love is equal either. Like, the love you give somebody else is not going to be the same that you receive from them too. But it's not about equality. It's about variety. You don't love... like you, Variety? You, in terms, no, as in like... <laughs> the spice of life. In terms of like, how we measure love, this whole, you know, is it equal, is rubbish. It's more so, I love you in this way. And how you receive love is very different. Mm. And so how I love you might not be how you want to be loved. And I have to learn. Yeah, but then I also have to learn how I can, like, for example, there are people like, for example, like someone will, like, you know, when someone is like almost suffocating you with their love and this is how they know how to show it. Personally, Mm. I get really like aggy, right? Like really like, Especially when somebody, let's say somebody will like text you every morning and be like, oh, good morning, how are you? Mm. I'm like... That suffocates you. A little bit. That is suffocating. A little bit. Not all the time, but I mean, I d- like, I'll just... I think or when maybe I'm in, just a bit scared. Yeah, I think when you're in... When you know you're what I mean? In, when you're in love, someone texting you good morning will never suffocate you. Well... Never. Well, oh, your how? love. Your, your, your love. The, the way, that's okay. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's not all equal, yeah. for example. That's how you would receive it. Would you, would, would you would would you give like it the would you give like it back to somebody love, would you, you know text I mean? somebody good morning would i text somebody? yeah of course would I'll you call like, somebody good morning I'll would that like, would you initiate that yes i would text someone oh good morning 
how you how did you sleep did you so rise formal. well I, <laughs> did I you did you rise well i always used to say in, in our group chat with our nerd group yeah. chat hey guys did yeah. everybody rise well yeah. do, you know, do you know what i mean like it's just <laughs> because you care about how did you sleep did see you sleep i'm well? the type of person that will send you a meme <laughs> or like do you know what i mean or or be like yo bitch listen do you know what i mean like oh like yeah you know i mean what? i do that as well sometimes i wake up people with a screenshot from twitter like yo yeah you've done that to me <laughs> look at this yeah. shit several times like okay cool i hear that hmm. i hear that so moving on then yeah he speaks also about what, what's the other ones that you read Ray? i read um reason and pa- um, passion huh? which reason and passion okay cool. <laughs> um let's have a look yeah it was it was interesting it it you know what i think i'm i'm, I'm so sorry khalil but I feel like he's such an amateur. <laughs> wow. I, I know. Like, I feel like... He's another Paolo Coelho. Yeah. <gasps> oh, yes. Thank you. This is... this is No. No, yeah. As in, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, reason and passion? No, this, this, whole, this whole body of work. Yeah. It was just very... It was very Paolo Coelho. It was like... It was things that I know already. It was like, I can imagine being like 12 years old or 13 and reading this and being like, like wow, oh my this God, is going to so, change my I'm life. So, yeah. And do you know what's funny? Because Paolo Coelho has a book called Manuf- Manuscript Found in Accra. Yeah. And the, lay- the layout is exactly the same as this. Is it? Just- like, tell us about this. And then the person comes and tells them, and speak of this. And then the person comes. He's you know. showing off, but yeah. it's cringe. It's the world as he sees it. It's, it should really be the way as he sees it. I but. thought I saw reason and passion, and you know I love those kind of things, like understanding reason and passion and blah blah blah. And so I was like, okay, I was going through. I was like, yeah, this is the one that I'm going to read. And to tell you the truth, I was really <laughs> unimpressed because I was going into it like philosopher, you know, teach me, like give me something new. <laughs> and I I will call myself a seasoned reader mm. in aspects of reason and passion. Mm. And this was like reading a 15-year-old's work on what they assume that they've probably read one thing. It's mm. a bunch of Tumblr posts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just be absolutely... It's like Insta captions. <laughs> but how shall I, unless you yourselves be also the peacemakers, nay, the lovers of all your elements? What are you saying, bruv? Your reason and your passion are the rudder and the cells of your seafaring soul, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading this. I, I hate like, the word rudder. I was like, what? Yeah, it's a bit of, yeah, like your soul is oftentimes a battlefield upon which your reason and your judgment wage war against your passion. Why are you coming to him though, Alex? This is one of your favorite books. I can criticize them. I can read it. I can read it in a way. I told you, as you said last week, I'm I'm very pensive. Mm. So I'll read it. So I'll read it and I'll be like, hmm, interesting, nice perspective. How do I think about that? How do I feel about that? How do I feel about the way he's written it? Yeah. So there's aspects of it. I'll read it and get little nuggets from and be like, okay, that's an interesting thing to meditate on and the move forward from that. The only person who's done a similar body of work um, is Michelle de Montaigne, I think. Okay. He wrote a series of like um, aphorisms, you might call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Montaigne. 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 Was it Montaigne? It's Montaigne. I say Montaigne. It's Are you Montaigne. talking about the essays? No. Was it essays? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've read a few things and he's the one that does it right. Yeah. Everybody else that I've read is just you know what it is I think it's they're trying to sound beautiful, they're not trying to make sense. And they're trying to find to sound beautiful, but using access. And with these things you just have to be very simple if that's what you're going for. If you're trying to make a point about something, 
cool. But if you're trying and you're working to 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 sound beautiful, be simple. Didn't why you got? Why you? Why do you have to flower it up so much that my tongue is doing hula hoops? <laughs> like trying to trying to say it's, like uh, it's blowing just mad. grammar. Yeah. Grammar, grammar. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I was gonna say, let's just go on to. Should we do two more? Let's, let's do one more. more. Yeah. Let's do one more. Yeah. Let's do one. Um, more. which one should you say? Did you read Death? No. Did you read Good and Evil? Let's do Death. Should we do Death? Let's do Death. Let's do Death. My favorite subject. I know. Look at you. Your fear of death is but the trembling of the shepherd when he stands before the king, whose hand is to be laid upon him, in honor. Is the shepherd not joyful beneath his trembling that he shall wear the mark of the king? What does that even mean? That's what I want to know. Yet is he not mindful of his trembling? <laughs> what does I, that even mean? I think he's just essentially saying that people are scared to die because they're going to meet the face of God. They're going to meet God. God is going to judge meet their them. Maker. Exactly. And obviously God is happy. Like, yes, I am God. Like, do you That's know not I mean? even what scares me about dying. What is it? Death, as in the process of dying, is what scares me because I don't know why it feels like happen. Is As that what scares you? The process of dying or yeah. the actual the being dead? No, being dead. <laughs> being dead, being dead shouldn't scare you. Why? Being dead doesn't. What scares me is under dead. Islam. What scares me is the punishment of the grave. So, for example, oh wow, like there are some punishments in the grave that you go through if you've been a terrible person. I heard and there's levels. Yeah, there's levels. There's levels of paradise. Yeah. I heard um, that. Oh wow. Yeah. Um the f- top one like for the Dallas is supposed to be the top notch me I was actually talking to someone <laughs> last weekend and they were like um, <laughs> they were like I don't even care about the the, the top. top one I just want to get in seven <laughs> so even if it's like the smallest one I, I was in tears laughing because I was madness. like you know what you're right like when my aunt prays she'll be like yes grant her genital for the Dallas yes don't grant her that top one and now I'm like you know what like, I don't even I'm mind. okay with second I'm place okay. do you guys watch the good place you need yeah, to watch yeah, the good place remember yeah. when the first se- the first season when she goes in and the posh girl like got the massive house she got this little bungalow yeah. <laughs> and I was like I'm okay with that actually. okay with the bungalow I'm okay it's with fine. the bungalow it's so okay like when yeah. i'm there i might get a little jealous but otherwise i just want to like milking it up i know that obviously you're religious and stuff but is there a I part of you really religious and stuff. no but i'm saying is there a part of you that said that thinks i might be wrong about what happens when i die and does that scare you you know what i had that aspect when i was like 15 when i had my little uh, religious crisis mm. and i think you, when you're when all you have to do is learn at that point mm. because you might be wrong but i believe i'm right because of my iman like of my faith mm. and i always say like faith any 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 of these things are like a muscle and you have to like train it and stuff and mm. obviously when you do think that you're wrong that's when obviously you're losing your faith yeah. essentially um and i think everyone i literally think everyone goes through that aspect goes through that like i don't think there is anyone that has been like who is religious and has never thought to themselves hmm could i be wrong do you know what i mean yeah but Mm. i think what with me like what i'm starting to believe now i'm starting to think is that whatever happens to you when you die is what you think is going to happen to you so your mind could your i feel like i don't know about all of that no do you know what i mean like think about like the the reality in which we live yeah is created by our perceptions right like 
our minds are powerful things you know what i mean so why not think that maybe our minds create our own afterlife do you know what i mean like even in lost keep going back to lost in lost <laughs> when the, i think it's like the final episode are you gonna ruin lost and, no no um, yeah, it's been that long it's been that long enough yeah, exactly oh, and on. jack is talking to his his father mm. whose name is christian shepherd his father um <laughs> He's like, what is this place? And then he's like, you guys created this place. This is a place you created, and they're, but they're all dead. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I don't agree with that because what you create is different to what I create. So exactly. we then cannot meet in heaven or hell. Do you know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. Because the, maybe a version of me w- will be in your know, mind. With the lost analogy, they were all in the same place. And they so all, how are they creating something similar? Because they were all together. They were, Their connections were so strong. That was the point. They, their connections were so strong that they created a place together to go when they die. I think that's too flowery and it can easily be But what I'm saying is disputed. that your life, how you see the world is not how I see it. Your Absolutely. life, your world is not my world. Therefore, mm-hmm. if I die and I create a heaven for myself, you create a heaven for yourself. And then what, we just meet around the corner? We could just meet. <laughs> do you know what i mean our worlds could collide as our worlds collide every every episode oh right i see what you're saying i get it i see what you're saying i get it for me it's more for me i feel like it's more um, but then you're trying to tell me that a person who's been maybe like an awful person Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they believe that they're going to go to heaven they're Mm -hmm. in their afterlife they will go in their version of heaven yes because so there is no good evil none of that stuff there is no good and evil and you know this better than anybody else (laughs) what do you mean i know this more than anybody else we can say that a person is evil Let's not even get into yeah, it. There's a whole section in this book about it, but yeah, let's not do you that. Know what I, mean, really. I know what you mean. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, I just I'm just starting to think that we are more in control of what happens to us in our lives and in our afterlives than we give ourselves. You know what for. I can say to that? We shall see. I mean, we, we shall see. That is it. But I might, I might buck you in heaven. I might buck you <laughs> can in you hell. Imagine? Can you imagine? You will never buck me in hell, boy. Because I ain't going there, man. That's not where I will that's be. Not my know? portion, not my ministry. That's well, not the thing about it, the thing about I'll it. I'll pray like, for you. That's all I can say. I feel like when it comes to death, it's more, it's more actually saying, oh, it's actually going to happen. What dying? Dying. It's more like I like I woke up the other day. I was like, that could have like that actually could have been my last sleep. But but it's actually going to happen. It's a really weird I process. Because I, no, I, I think I like, but it's not like it's not something that gets me down. It's more like oh that actually like it's going to happen. Mm. It's actually just coming to terms with the fact that it's going to happen. And I know you said about the, it's like the process of becoming dead. For me, for me, it's like for me, it's, for, for me, it's more like oh okay, so I'm alive. I'm experiencing everything as I'm experiencing it now, being alive in whatever world this is. And then I'm going, this is going to end at some stage. And I just have to come to terms with that. Because that's so, just that's just yeah. that's just like saying, Well, you know, you going, gone, you gonna be gone. Going so, back to the good you know the good place. Yeah. You know when the lead devil, I forgot his name. I can't remember. The guy with the yeah, yeah, yeah. hair, when Chidi is trying to teach him ethics. about being ethics, good yeah. and bad, and then he Chidi goes to him, I can't explain good and bad without explaining to without you learning about the end and dying because obviously you're you're like a devil and you will never die so i need to first of all explain to you that you will end and once i explain to you that there is a death that's when we can understand good bad and ethics right because otherwise then what what is anything you can do anything and nothing happens because you're going to be alive forever right um and remember i don't know if you watched that part when he finally understood yeah yeah yeah, that that realization that the, the idea of ending and it just ruined him he just was like whoa what the f-? do you know mm-hmm. what i mean and 
literally, as soon as I get into that thought that having that existential moment, it gets me just like that. And I don't understand how people can have that thought every day and not feel like that. So I choose because, not to. Because ultimately, I don't, I don't look at life ending as a negative thing. That's it. That's, that is it. I don't look at death as something negative. I look at death as something profoundly profoundly moving within the human experience profoundly moving you're crazy and because basically because even that because okay so i've i've experienced you're crazy you can have death every day and then you just get on with your day i've i've experienced fucking crazy i've experienced a loss in my family recently and actually understanding bereavement and grief Mm. like actually the way that people people experience it because i mean with with the grief comes joy and vice versa so looking at it i was thinking you know what it's not wholly bad because the person that's ultimately dead is like ended of suffering and is no longer in this world of us but it's the memories that keep them and i just feel like it's not and i just feel like it's not yeah because it'll go when you go but that's selfish it will will go when you go that's selfish how is that selfish because you're thinking about how you feel and i'm not thinking about how i feel i'm thinking about i'm thinking about how memories exist this is relating back to you this is no memories i'm talking about memories as a family as a family i'm thinking about memories as a people i'm saying i'm I'm talking about memories as like you know everybody But that person is dead yeah they're, they're dead but you have but we all have memories of them but whether they're like whether they're good, bad, or whatever, we have memories of them, and like it's about negotiating that process after. But I'm, what I'm saying is that how can you say death is a bad thing? That means you're. Speaking. I never said it was a bad thing. I mean, it's not a bad thing. Sorry, it's not always a bad thing. It's not then, always a bad thing. Because what I'm saying is that you're then now speaking for the person who's in the ground. You're saying how you feel I'm about death. I'm not doing that. You are <laughs> when when you say. <laughs> I don't know where you're coming. I don't know what. No, angle. Bec- no. You just said you're talking about death from your perspective. Yes, you're yeah. saying that's you what I'm saying. I don't. What I, you think? Does that mean? I say okay. For example, so I I will look at it and I'll be like, okay. Life is life is ended. Mm-hmm. It's all we're all going. We're, we are all going to die at some point. I'm upset at this moment mm-hmm. because you know whoever's passed away has passed away. Mm-hmm. I'm upset. We we had good memories. It was great. You know. But it's about how to take that forward and continue living up until that point. You, but, but, the, so that, yeah, but that's the thing. But like, so I, can, I guess you can say how you take death is not. Is that, but I, as I, death I, overall I, I said, could affect that dead person in a different way, but you just don't saying. know. Yeah, Do you exactly. Know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So death could affect the dead person in a yeah, different way, and I and I just don't know the fact. Exactly because I don't know either, and okay. none of us do. You're coming. Well, I'm not going to speak for a dead person because the dead exactly, person's dead. Exactly, and that's dead. why we're saying it's so, your perspective side of death. As a living person. So you're saying that a dead person? Well, you don't. We don't know. That's the thing. Okay. All right. Now you okay. want to come and do science? I know. No, come on, don't do that. No, but, okay. <laughs> we're, not, we're not saying anything. Okay. Like, okay. Honestly. Okay. Guys. What are you going to tell people to email in? <laughs> you know what? Comment. <laughs> comment. Say what you want to say. Do you agree um, that tweet Alex's us? Idea tweet of us. Death is very comment. Selfish. Comment on SoundCloud. Let us know what you think. Babe, there's like nothing wrong. Let us know what you think. It's all right, man. Okay, mostly flicks. <laughs> what we what we doing this week? We mostly flicks, guys. Oh, Ray picked the. Um, I picked um, Martin Scorsese's film, um, The Departed. Personally, I didn't really want to pick The Departed, but somebody said The Departed, and I was like, all right, cool. Whatever. What did you want to pick? Um. Goodfellas. No, I wanted to pick Shutter Island oh, because that is one of the best films. Shooker. One of the one of the best films ever so, made. Okay, so this week we're looking at Martin Scorsese then and The Departed. So, what did you guys think about the film? Incredible. Do you know what I really love? I really, really love in The Departed is the the beginning bit, not the actual beginning where he's like, 
he oh. felt funny and he's like you really need to get some help <laughs> no, you know, no the actual beginning was him talking about how he oh yeah want to make a difference yeah, yeah. He, he oh yeah yeah, yeah. but world. isn't that I part like... of the beginning as well where he shoots the guy in the head yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. what i mean yeah it, it's part of that whole <laughs> that whole yeah. scene and then he comes into the light <laughs> yeah not that Stupid. bit the bit where um leonardo dicaprio first goes into the beginning and it starts playing um the dropkick murphy's that song shipping you off to boston like yeah oh yeah because i love that because that part reminded me of um titanic you know when they when jack and rose were in the poor people's place and they were making that music and it was kind of the same oh the poor people's place to be kidding me yeah oh god the poor people's section downstairs far 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 down i don't know about the film man the film was really the film was long Hella long. The film was long, which is typical of Scorsese's films anyway. But do you love that? It was I, very I loved, intricate, man. That I exactly, you had to it. pay attention. What I loved, it reminded me of Fight Club because what? Uh, it did because there were parts it's produced of produced by Bad Pitt. Um. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Fight Club, Fight Club. Fight Club. Oh, Fight Club. Oh, yeah, no, no. The, the, the Departed is produced by Brad Pitt, but continue what you're saying I about love, Fight, Club. Love Fight Club. So why did it um, remind you of Fight Club? Because there were aspects of it where it had really pristine um, parts. So, but then there were aspects where it, it was very messy. Like the, 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 it was grimy almost. Like it was very grimy, when, yeah. Yeah, it was very grimy. And it just gave me that nauseous feeling and like little scratch in my head. And I remember feeling exactly that way. And you have to be able to shoot in a certain way that can really just affect how you are. Like it yeah. just makes you a bit cringy. And I remember Fight Club, made me feel that way throughout the whole yeah, film like throughout fight club i literally was looking at that house and i'm like i really want to clean mm. i really want to clean that house <laughs> it was nasty it was disgusting but then there was a point where you just get it yeah and you become part of the mess and i feel like the departed kind of made me feel mm. that way it's based on a true story as well based on the gangster what's his name bolger don't know an irish um gangster called whitey they called him whitey but i think his name was james bolger or something um, but anyway, I thought the film was. I love wait, Leo I, as well. So. The characters, I think, the best character in that movie is Mark Wahlberg's character. Yeah, the I think it's, officer. I like Mark Wahlberg as an actor. I mean, yeah, obviously, the politics around him, whatever. Like but I feel like him as an actor, he's very, very, like. He Sometimes he, he, he gets he, he, it right. He, like like yeah, that, right. the characters that he always plays though, because he has been typecast mm. now. But his characters always plays like hard hitting, no bullshit kind of like yeah, will fuck true. you up kind of like in Four Brothers. And all the and various other films. The other there. guys, I love the other guys. Movie. It's like, oh, the other guys, yeah. And he's very much like, you know, just the top, like the hard hitting guy. Oh yeah, I think he's. I think that I think, he's, I think he's a good actor. I mean, it, and it was a good cast as well. It like, was an amazing cast. It's amazing cast. I was it like, was oh, you had Martin Sheen. Yeah, that's why it's guys. funny because the person who shined the most to me was Mark Wahlberg. But you had Matt Damon in there. You had DiCaprio in there. You had really. Alan, I, I mean, Alan I thought in yeah, you had Martin Sheen. You had. Um, I didn't like. I love even Anthony DiCaprio. Anderson's in there, like like mm. glowing up from there to I blackish, like in there. So I, thought, sorry? I love DiCaprio in there. I love him in everything. He was good in that. He was really good in that. I love when he was getting intimidated by Mark's character though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beginning and. You can just see I'm the best friend you're fucking gonna have. I, I was like, yes, was like, Leo, what? give it to them. Actually, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Have, oh yeah. Um, I think I don't awesome, like. I, but oh. I only like one film of him. As good Ooh. as it gets. As good as it gets. I knew it. As literally. I've, I've not seen as good as it gets. Oh, you, know. you have to. It's good. Wait, man. wait. What's it about? Oh, okay. It's about a guy, and he's got um OCD. The OCD. Oh no, I'm not seeing it. No, no, no. 
he's trying to just learn how he's to an asshole. navigate. Yeah. Absolute asshole. Oh, I love that film. Okay, cool. That it's such a Sunday, know, there's something Sunday about, film. There's something about Jack Nicholson's, just his face, just like... Something about it is just really unsettling really? all the time. Yeah, so he's got, he's got, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a very warm, welcoming. He's got a very face. cheeky face. It's very much like I can go this way, I can go <laughs> that way, but you're never going to know which direction I'm going. Yeah, kind of thing. But I feel like it was, it was really good. It was really yeah. good. The twist and turns towards the end. Like um, I said, I knew had I me knew. had had me twisted, had me twisted. I was like, I, I remember it. when I was like, so everyone dies, <gasps> except Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> When Mark Wahlberg shot Matt Damon in the head, yeah, sorry guys, that, you should have I mean, seen it by now. When this episode Matt, contains spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> when he shoots Matt Damon in the head, I was just like, fucking finally. I was like, what? I was like, finally Matt Damon is dead. Cause he was Matt Damon one. was really good. Though. I like the way he was flirting with women in that film. He was good because he was I like, I, I like that. I like that flirting scene in the elevator. In the elevator, that was, I was great. Like, He's really what? cheeky. What? Very okay, cheeky. Cool. Cool, cool, she goes, cool. who do I have to kill? To You know, it was great. <laughs> yeah. He was very cheeky. What do you think about... um? The psychiatrist. Yo, she'd made some <laughs> professional. Not much, to be honest. She blurred them professional lines, boy. Oh yeah, she definitely. She did. really did. She was out here, like um, with, with her. With... She didn't shine for me. Well, both her baby daddies were gone by the end, so whatever. She didn't shine for me. She was a secondary she character. She was a secondary yeah, character. She didn't really. need to shine. That makes any sense. It had a really good cast, man. Mm. What's his name was in it as well? What's that guy's name? Oh, Ant- Anthony. No, the other guy. He's like, he's in, who's the daddy? That guy. Oh. What's his name? He's English. The Irish guy. He's Irish. You know when he comes up? Yeah. He's and he in, punches um, the guy in the face and knocks him out. Oh, oh, in the pub. Yeah, what's his name? I forgot his name. Oh no, Ray Winston. Ray Winston, that's Ray it. Ray Winston. He was good in, he was brilliant in that. He was amazing uh, in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's good. He's good, he's good. Anthony Anderson, that's it. He was in there. I well. said that. Did you? All of two minutes ago oh sorry yeah you didn't know <laughs> anyway yeah but guys every everybody should check that out or yeah. the oh, oh, what, what other Scorsese Lopez? films do you suggest what um, Scorsese films let me see which I've watched I've... Goodfellas of course Goodfellas yeah. is one of my favourite films and The Last Temptation of Jesus Christ I was going to say that as a joke but then it was actually oh Wolf of Wall Street oh yeah I bloody love that film. That's Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. I actually you love have to think film. like the kind Every of film. he has he has particular character he has particular actors he likes yeah. as well. Leo is definitely one of them. Matt Damon too. Um, what else could you watch? Oh, Aviator, of course. He did Aviator. Shout Leo, with Leo he did all again. of the basic Leo. Taxi Driver. Hugo with is actually quite good. Jack Nicholson. Is it Jack Nicholson Taxi Driver or is he in Raging Bull? No, Jack Robert De Niro. In, Jack Nicholson in Raging Bull, isn't he? No, that's Robert De Niro as well. Is it Robert De Niro? Yeah. Oh, Both okay, Robert cool. De Niro. Boy, all right, Robert De Niro. So it's your turn to pick next week, Alex. No. no? It's my turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. I know yeah, what I'm doing. Okay. I know what I'm doing. Can you tell week. us so no. people... No, tell us so people can watch a film, maybe. Yeah, they can watch it with us. Oh, uh, yeah. No, because I'm going to say it, and then you guys are going to be like, oh, why? Just, just say it. And then I'm going to be like, oh, God, can then I'm going to have to change it. it. Then it's all a bit of a confusing mess in my mind. Alex, what film? Okay, I was going to go for Stanley Kubrick films. I'm not fucking watching The Birds, mate. It's Who? not a Stanley Kubrick film. Isn't it? Is no. Stanley? Stanley Kubrick. Who died in the birds then? Isn't it Alfred Hitchcock? How oh, yeah, Hitchcock, that's it. Oh, we can watch no. 2001 Space Odyssey. So, I'd say what No, for- no. I tried watching that film. I didn't like it. <laughs> the Shining. I'd say watching Stanley Kubrick. I watched Full Metal Jacket the other day. A really good film. What film do you want us to watch, Alex? Um, no, I'm sorry, but these I'd say watch Full, Metal, watch, Full, watch Full Metal Jacket. Is that a war film? 
Full Metal yeah. Jacket. I don't know, mate. Nineteen eighty-seven. Watch Full Metal Jacket. I'm it's sure really I'm cool. telling but you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be watching A Clockwork Orange this week. Or um, I mean, can we read A Clockwork Orange? No. What? I'm gonna read. I'm either gonna. Come on. I'm either gonna watch A Clockwork Orange or The Shining. So that's the that's the director. Those are the films. The Shining. Let's watch The Shining. I'm shook if though. So no, no, don't worry. I have to watch it with somebody. Let's watch The Shining. Yeah. Anybody want to watch it with me? Because obviously, because <laughs> I don't. Know. Yeah, can I watch it? I'll watch it. Let's watch it because it's an adaptation as well. So. It's an adaptation of Stephen King's book. I heard Stephen King hates the movie. Well, that's your business. I heard he proper hates the movie. Was it? Was it an Oscar-winning film? It was probably certain people won Oscars in that. But then also, but Full Metal Jacket, guys, it's a really good film. Like they have some really good monologues and some really good scenes in there, and character development. And there's a lot of scenes that have impact to popular culture today and you didn't realise and I was like oh shit mm. that's where that came from kind of thing okay have all of Stephen King's books in the same universe have we spoken about this before let's speak about it next week I haven't read any of them and I won't anytime soon because you know the Dark Tower the little boy in the Dark Tower he's got something called The Shine which is psychic things and that's what a little boy's got in The Shining as well mm. so I'm thinking are all of his worlds connected I don't know maybe they are maybe they aren't if you know actually email us at mostlylit at gmail.co.uk and tell us about Stephen King's universe at gmail.com dot com sorry it's dot com yeah. anyway moving right, on Alex Reads alright I just had a quick question though um, I saw one of these um, I was just thinking about certain characters in books and I was just wanted to ask you guys and the listeners out there um, if given a chance, which character would you like to be for a day, or who would you like to exchange roles with in a book? In a book, okay. in a film, well, book. No, let's say let's a book. Let's say a book. Let's say a film, and oh, no, let's, do book. let's say a book and a film, both and a TV show, book, film, TV show. Yeah. So Ooh, let's. I, I know Ray, Ray's way. thinking. So Derek. So the book character I would like to exchange places with, um, obviously, Gatsby. Okay. Oh God. And I would really. I thought you got past this guy. No, I'll swap place with Gatsby, and I would know that I'm Gatsby, but I would know that I'm Derek, so therefore I could come and tell Daisy to do one. Oh. And then, okay. Do you know what I mean? And then get on with my life as this lovely eligible bachelor who lives in a mansion. I'll also stop hustling. How hollow. I'll stop hustling. And I'll empty. give. I'll. I'll give up the game. Mm-hmm. I'll come out bootlegging. Obviously, I'll get rid of my tag name, get rid of Gatsby, change my name back to James Gas, and I'll just live a, a nice life. Maybe talk to the youth them and say, look, this is where I've come from. Obviously, I used to do this bootlegging thing, but I'm not on that anymore. <laughs> you can, you know, you can do better with your lives. I'm tired. Do you know what I mean? Oh, really? And my life was I'll probably let the kids get a woman. <laughs> don't do that. Exactly. I'll let the kids <laughs> run out school, my house. Be, be poor. No, but obviously go to school. Be like, go, don't do what I did. Don't drop out. Respect yeah. your parents don't too. Don't do what I did, even though you won't get as rich as me. Can you let me speak? Bro? You know, you'll be poor. Let, let him you finish. Know, let I'm him finish. Let him finish. Anyway. The white mandem in. Let him finish. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so just just basically, yeah, I'll be Gatsby. TV show. I would want to be Hank Moody. Watch Californication and then you'll know what I mean. Um, and then movie. I would like to be Neo from The Matrix. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Just because who wouldn't want to be Neo from the Matrix? Ah, okay, cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ray, what about you? I have no idea. Alex, you go. Hmm. You so wouldn't want to be Cersei's? No, let's go. From a book? Oh! Just, are you doing it or am I doing it? <laughs> like, doing which it. one? Yeah? You're am doing I doing it. it? You're doing it. You're doing you it. You need to... <laughs> okay, I'm doing it. Isn't that voice haram? Mind your business. 
Alex, you're doing it. <laughs> can, can this episode be called Alex the, and Julie? Uh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but okay, from a book. Um, That's so funny. From a book, I think... I don't know whether I want to be him. You want to be Oscar Wilde? I don't want to be Oscar Wilde. No, I don't want to be him. But I think Junior. that... You want to be I, mean, I think Junior. But Junior. I think like if I was actually to... Either to be... I think it's as you say, like be him, but know that you are yeah, me. That stipulation him. is important because then, like, just being in that world is actually quite hilarious. Obviously, I would be interested to see what it's like being in a Dominican family and going through all of that. Um, TV, I don't know. <laughs> Eli Pope from Scandal. Oh my goodness. <laughs> He's oh hilarious. He has the best monologues. Although yeah. it's although it's running out, it's really draining towards this at the end of this season now. Mm-hmm. Um but Eli Pope, he's like this level the level of power and influence he had, that whole character development up until this point has been brilliant. Um there's him. And and a in a star? film movie In a film, I don't know. Um The thing the first thing that came to my mind was Will Smith's character in Men in Black. What? Because I thought that I thought that that was an exciting yeah, life. That was you. When you my, were no, my guy was actually just trying to be a policeman. <laughs> was he trying to be a policeman? And then he, he was, got he was a policeman. Yeah, he was a policeman. And then he got like called up to be this agent to kind of defi- like to fight aliens. Not necessarily, not no, notwithstanding the actor nor the story, but it's an interesting thing. I think I probably that's so random. J. Yeah. So so random. Agent J. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. kind of what I mean. Like All right, go on, Ray. Okay, so. In a book, um, it's going to be silly, but Rochester. I'll say in a play. Who? Silly. From S- The Colour Purple. No, she said silly, so that it might be a, silly. In a, it's very silly. Oh, but I It'll be in a play, and I don't want to be this character. I just want to fall in love with the character that this person... <laughs> <sighs> so I would be Miss Mabel Chilton in... An ideal husband because I really <laughs> want to be in love and be loved by Lord Goring. Um, wow. He's like, he makes me blush. Like, that's that's the man I want. Just so cheeky and, and witty and we just have that connection. That would only last a year. Yeah, I know. But it will be very, like, slimpy. <laughs> we'll be in love for like six months and I'll get bored of it. But it would be the best year or six months of my life. To be in love and to be loved by Lord Goring. Lord Goring, wow. Oh, he's so... Oh, he makes me just... Mm. I, like, I thought you would probably say Lord Darlington from... No, Lord Darlington wasn't wasn't mandem to me, you know? It was Lord Goring. But he was witty, but he was no, also loving. Goring had it. Go- Do you know what it is, yeah? Goring never paid attention to Mabel. Okay, mm. he was always... She was always someone that would just pop in. But you knew he had something for her. Goring was, was definitely a sexist. I don't know about that. Okay. Oh, absolutely. And, and film? Oh, film. film. No, TV film. TV. Sassy. Um, um, she dies in the end. And I know she dies, so I'm like, why am I going to be her? Like, she wow, doesn't you die just in the end, but I killed off. We're okay, all going to die, Ray. We're all going to die. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a glorious Maybe I'll even say, like, what's her face? Um, Daenerys, because she rides a dragon. Who wouldn't want to do that? I don't okay. want to ride a dragon. There it is. Uh, I was going to make a redate joke. Yes, you were. Film. Um, <laughs> Film. Don't have it. I'm, sorry. I'm surprised you're not, you've not thought of Holly Go Lightly for some reason. I did, but what? Stuffed, you like, don't well, want to be Holly Go Lightly. Like, who the fuck wants to be Holly Go Lightly? I don't know. I ain't seen it already. What, but I just, I just, my cat, cat. No, 
Um, she named her cat cat. Cat, yeah. Very meta. I'm not seeing cat, it. My, my cat will be called cat. And, <laughs> and my babes will be giving me the cat and he'll be like, look at the certificate. Name's cat. And then I'll like fall head over heels in love again. Because that's how I want to get with my cat. Thank you. <laughs> if you're listening to this, babe, like, make sure you do this. Thank Who you. Who could you be in a movie? I'm trying to think. I was I about to say something that would be so problematic. Say it. But I'll say it after the show. No, say it now. No, 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 no. Why no. don't you want to say it? Because people be like, oh, what? Because she's a Muslim. That's why you're saying Yes, it. I know. I was going to say you could be that, that thing from Bend It Like Beckham. Have you seen that? Oh, my God. Have wait, you seen who? that movie? Wait, of course who? I have. And oh. I absolutely love wait, that movie. They're, 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 they're not Muslim, though. They're, Are they? They're, they're Sikh. Sikh. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I don't remember. They're I don't Sikh. remember either, actually. I don't remember, they're but yeah, that remember. is definitely not who... That's not who I am. That right, film, that film right. is so bad. No, as in... No, it's not. No, I don't. Oh I God. love Bender Like Beckham. No, it's not. You can't even cook chapati. What's it? What did you say? Something like... can't even cook alugobi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that film. you can't cook. <laughs> it's, real, it's, it's nice because it's got Bollywood aspects in it. Okay. I yeah, I mean, towards oh, the end and stuff. Oh, okay. Got it. I will be... Someone from a Bollywood movie. Yeah. <laughs> I will be... Um, Who? Ashwa Rai's character in this film called Devdas. Mm-hmm. She basically has my life. Is she Khan in that one? Yeah. Obviously. And um, obviously, basically, it's um, this woman who falls in love with a guy. They can't be together because he's really rich and she's broke. And she, her mother, like, you know, makes her like marry up and she marries rich and stuff. But obviously, they can't be together and stuff. He becomes a drunk and um, he becomes a drunk and mm. gets with a prostitute. Mm hmm. And Ashwa Rai's character and the prostitute become buddies because they realise they both love the same man that they can't have. And then he dies in the end. And that's it. <laughs> so that's who you be. Right, okay. That's who I'll be. So, yeah. You know Shiro Khan? What's the other one's name? Who's the other one? There's another guy. There's the two good-looking guys in Bollywood. There's Shiro Khan. There's another. Salman Khan? Salman Khan. Yeah. That's it. That's it that's I don't it. like Salman Khan. You always have to pick a side, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm I mean. Yeah, I'm always Shiro Khan. Like, really? That's, that's my guy. I was guy. talking to... Um, my um my assistant manager she's um she's from pakistan and she was like i was like we was talking about shura khan and she was just like if you see him in real life he's ugly i can imagine i don't think he's ugly he's just old yeah he's old yeah Yeah, he's old but he's like ultimate lover like oh oh every film i'm crying i'm in tears i'm actually crying like someone's dying <laughs> it's actually deep mm. anyways anyway moving on i don't have All a right. woman's you don't have one. No. Oh, I do. Sorry. Um, this week is not even a woman. Sorry, it's... this is raise women. By the way, this is part of the segment. It's called raise women. You, you didn't even introduce <laughs> the section. It. You oh, just come on, <laughs> man. Like people should know. So it's not really a woman in particular. It's a group of woman women who um are doing Galdem the magazine um for like sort of writers and it's a magazine for coloured women, I suppose, by coloured women. Yeah. Um. They've been doing it for a little while now. Yeah, they've been doing it for a while. And um, I was reading Vogue and one of their founders was like in the magazine. And mm. I'm like, this is incredible. Like these these girls are really going out here. So I really wanted to shout them out. I think they're doing an absolutely amazing thing, providing a platform for women of color to really illustrate their issues and discuss the things that pertain to us and our lived experiences. And I think it's phenomenal. So mm. That's my woman of the week. Yeah. The women and amazing people over at Galdem who are doing amazing things. Shout out Charlie Cuff who just followed us on Twitter. Shout you out, girl. Amazing, amazing. All right. 
guys come to the end Shout, follow us on all the medias the yep follow us on all the medias and we're gonna have a great episode for you next week yep. and the week after yeah it's gonna be amazing why what's what's going on next week well they're gonna find out aren't they Ray? okay cool <laughs> anyways <laughs> yeah okay alex is like come in can we wrap this shit up now <laughs> like, like you know, our time is done like, anyways guys. um yeah we'll catch you guys next week see you later see you guys bye 